Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and thank you to Ryan Treasure, the voice of my intro. He's my co-producer, and he's the VP, I call him, of everything at Voice America World Talk Radio. Bonnie in the house with two of my favorite people on this topic and two newcomers who are going to be added to my list of favorite people. So let me tell you what we're talking about today. We did this topic a couple of months ago, but it was it's so big and had so many interesting moving parts to it, Literally, I'll tell you why we decided to do it again. So it's the future of video. How many words will a moving picture be worth? Think about that part too. So let me give you a little background here. During 2020, guess what was the king of media types? It was video. That's right. Americans, I don't know about the rest of the world, but the stats I have are U.S. Americans, thank you, Louis. Americans were zooming into work meetings. We were logging into online classrooms. We have a member here who's Children are still doing uh, home learning via online. We were FaceTiming with friends and family. Zoom was really the rage. And we were streaming entertainment more than ever before. Binge watching and gaming were up 25% and 75%, no surprise there, respectively. That's from uh, a website called a16z.com and the article by Connie Chan. So this all started way before COVID. It started in 2015 when streaming has been rising 13% year over year. And now we're past the Facebook pay, past the Facebook era, the TikTok era is a little bit in the rearview mirror and we're in video 2.0. Everything's going to be interactive. We'll be able to comment on platforms, comment on content and influence the real experience that we have. So we're going to talk today to Kristen Boylo at SAP. Kristen, welcome back. Kristen is the sponsor of one of my long running series, Changing the Game with Digital Engagement, presented by SAP. And we're welcoming back Loïc Simon. I try to do it in French. He is the founder, the, the, the motor, the fuel, the power behind the social selling forum. He does 19-hour uh, 19 19-hour sessions, I think, every three days. And he, he doesn't sleep, but he, he, he eats social selling. I'm teasing, but his sessions are almost that long. We have a newcomer. Sylvie Lexo is with us. Sylvie is on Kirsten's team at SAP. I'm going to be working with her a lot. And we have another newcomer, Miguel Bautista, who has his own company, Bautista Media. Grow your brand using video. That's why he's here. And a shout out to Carl Ye at Brenevity, who couldn't join us. And he introduced us to Miguel. So let's get this party started. Let's do some introductions here. Kirsten, you know there might be maybe 1.23 people left who don't remember who you are. Shame on them. I don't know where they've been, but really seriously. So why don't you reintroduce yourself to my global audience, Kirsten. Take a couple of minutes and tell us not only what you do, but what's your passion for our topic. Kirsten, I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. It's so great to be here with you again and, and uh, with these two newcomers. I'm very excited to, for today's conversation. Um, my name is Kirsten Boylo. I'm based in Waterloo, about an hour and a half west of Toronto, and um, been with SAP for about 15 years. And I have been running the social selling slash digital selling program here at SAP for the last seven years. Um, 
from a, from a training and enablement standpoint. And now I am responsible for um, the training and upskilling of the entire marketing and solutions organization on digital marketing and all things marketing. So, uh, yeah, that's me. And what does video mean to you, Kristen? You're back for part two of this. So what's your passion for video? Is it the king of media? What do you think? I, I think I truly think that it is the way that um, people in general, consumers, business people, anyone who is on the Internet consumes media, even my own children. I mean, in their downtime, they prefer to watch YouTube videos. I mean, they don't they don't go downstairs and watch TV and watch cartoons. They are looking for their own influencers. My one daughter is completely into horses, and so she follows some influencers in the horse world. This this Esme, um, her name's Esme, and it's a bit of a play on words, I think. And and she f- watches for her new videos all the time. She can't wait to see a new, the latest one drop. Uh, the My other daughter is very much into Minecraft, and she's looking at, always looking for new videos from Minecraft, Minecraft influencers. Um, so they, video is... It, I mean, for all generations. My mom watches videos all the time. She goes to webcasts all the time. Um, so, yeah, this, it, it, it's cross-generational, and, and I truly think it's, it really doesn't matter whether you're a consumer or a business um, consumer. It, it really is the way to engage with um, our customers. Thank you. And it's a way to engage with everybody, right? Whether you're selling, whether you're just sharing ideas, inspiration, uh-huh. education, everything. We want to see things move. We want to see people move. Goes back to motion pictures, I think, way, way back before any of our day. Loic Simone, I'm going to ask you to refresh the memory of my, my viewers, my listeners. If 1.23 people didn't remember, Kristen, I'm guessing one, two. Point two two people didn't remember you, so it's it's almost a tie. So why don't you introduce yourself? I'm putting you on speaker view. Welcome back, Loic. Yeah, my name is Loic Simon in French, or Loic Simon if you prefer. I'm talking from Paris right now, where it's quite hot, 35 degrees Celsius, by the way, and. Uh, I'm all into video, by the way, uh, Bonnie, just to tell you, since the COVID, I'm, I'm all about video for my social selling forum, who's, uh, I think I'm delivering the, the 82nd forum in a little bit more than five years. Wow. And this is approximately the 50th day, uh, full day online, on Zoom, with live streaming all the time. So I, I'm a fan of live streaming personally because it allows everybody to be very natural, authentic, and to really show that they know what they talk about. Yeah. So video for me is mostly for creating stuff, for sharing stuff, for streaming stuff. Yeah. And I'm all into sales and sales transformation through social selling. That's my passion. I'm, I come from IBM a long time ago. This is IBM behind me. And now I'm into organizing these social selling forums all the time, all the time, all the time to help other people understand what social selling is about and how we, we can leverage social networks to sell and to sell ourselves, to develop our personal branding and our products and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. <laughs> How do you say blah 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 in French? Blah, blah. I think I think you just did. Uh, Louis, is is video front and center in the media that you're you're sharing and and encouraging your subscribers to use? Are they saying, "Wow, if we're going to do social, we have to give a link to a video. We have to create a thirty second video, a twenty second video." Is video top of mind? Yeah, no, video is more is more about live streaming, long long sessions, like two hour sessions in live streaming, for example. Yeah. 
or, in, or t uh, round tables, uh, panels, discussion panels, stuff very authentic where we speak about very specific subjects. And I'm also into stories right now, into LinkedIn stories. Every morning when I walk around the, in, the, in the nature, I am taking a 20-second story, which I, which I put online. And that's also what I'm doing right now. And mostly remote selling, remote selling, using video to sell, to be in front of a customer and to really hammer down uh, the sale. I, I, don't, I don't travel anymore. It's all through Zoom. Zoom. Why? Why? Why travel? I was on a, uh, a publicity summit. I have a show on Monday nights called Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I attend the National Publicity Summit. Used to do it when I lived in New York and now it's virtual. So about every 10 weeks, I was in 15 breakout rooms in five hours last night. I met 80 people. They were timed two minutes apiece to pitch me and almost 20 other media people. And I speed booked 41 guests for that show in five hours. And it was all on Zoom. I, w I couldn't even get up off my desk when it was done. It was tiring. But, you know, having, having to be prepped. But. I, I couldn't do that. In person, it used to be three hours and I'd still meet 85 people and I'd book about 40, but it was more tiring sitting there on a, on a tall stool and talking to people. This at least, I, I just, I welcome it. I really appreciate it. And I moved all my radio shows to Zoom in Mar in April of 2020, just after COVID. I should have done it years before because Kirsten, as you know, and, and Loic, as you know, all my shows were on, on phone and I couldn't see anybody. Now I get to see the wonderful faces, the moods, the expressions. I get to see what you're drinking. I get to see when somebody's kids come in the room. On and on and on. Sylvie Lexo, so happy to have you here. I met you a few weeks ago. You're going to be working with Kirsten. So welcome, welcome, Double. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us briefly what your passion for video is. Sylvie. Sure. Thank you, Bonnie, for uh, having me. And I'm very excited for us to keep working together moving forward. Um, I am Sylvie Lexo. I'm based in Connecticut, but I'm currently in Lake Placid on vacation with my family. Um, I work on Kirsten's team, which is the Digital Enablement Services team at SAP. Uh, I just started this month, but I've been with SAP for around a year and a half. And I work on uh, the communications part of uh, promoting uh, and getting the word out about the uh, fabulous different learning offerings that uh, Kirsten's team has produced. Um, and then my passion for video, um, you know, I am a cusp Gen X millennial. So video has been, you know, completely integral to my life since I can remember. Um, I definitely uh, use it a lot uh, in my previous role at SAP in terms of, uh, you know, getting some snackable content out to a wider audience. It's much easier um, for people to take in information um, and then much rather watch a video than read a long blog post. So uh, that is me in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you very much. Your point is well taken. Rather than read, and I come from the era, Luik does too. I don't know about Kristen and Miguel, the era of white papers. When I first joined SAP, uh, what's that? When I first joined SAP, I'm going to shock all of you with some numbers here. When I joined SAP in 2010, I was asked to work with some analyst firms on white papers. And the price 
it's going to shock you. I think we were paying between fifty and seventy thousand dollars. Kirsten knows per white paper. It's we're talking for Sylvie. Don't throw up. We, we're talking. <laughs> she's looking I'll like try. I'm going to be sick. Yeah, what could I buy with seven? And it took between four and six months to get an analyst to write a fourteen-page white paper. Kirsten, you remember those days? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Loic, you remember those days? Yeah. So look at what we've got now. We've got you can live stream anywhere. On that note, I'm going to bring in our fourth guest, brand new to the show, Miguel Bautista. We're so happy to have you here. Would you please do us the honor of introducing yourself? Miguel, you're on full screen. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. My name is Miguel Bautista. I run Bautista Media, which is a video production company based out of Vancouver. We've been running for about three years now. And over the last three years, we've worked with Clients across multiple industries, we've worked on over a thousand videos for over 80 satisfied clients. But the thing I really love about video is, you know, in the past, normally to experience something, you would have to be there in that moment, like, and see it right before your eyes. But now with with cell phones and the power of video, you can take that experience, capture it and bring it out to people where they can watch it from anywhere at any time. They can watch it at 2 a.m. when they're scrolling on TikTok or whatever. So um, it's really it really breaks that barrier um, for everybody, and um, I think as we've seen with Instagram and TikTok and all these other platforms, um, it, it really is like its own separate world. But it's also a very entertaining and enjoyable world. Um, sometimes very addicting, but um, you know, I, I I love video. I think it's a great way for people, especially like me, someone who's like always thinking visually and very and thinking creatively to just um, use video as an outlet, you know, to get that creativity out there. And then you're just adding to this big web of entertainment that people just just watch all the time. Miguel, yes. how did you get started in video? Were you, you look very young to me. Were you a kid playing video games? I think I'll go and create a video production company. What attracted you to that? You could do so much with your talents. I know that. What got you started in, as in the business, if you will? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think um, it, it's a long story. I'll keep it very short. But essentially, I was a personal trainer before I got into video. Um, I was personal training for about three years, and I was studying sales, trying to get as many clients as I can to the point where I was working like you know, 80 to 90 hours a week, burnt out, got super sick. I was actually in, the ho- in and out of the hospital for about eight months. Um, oh couldn't walk, all of that. I had to use a wheelchair, a walker pretty much had to relearn how to live my life again. And then because I couldn't do much physical activity, I decided to pick up the camera once I got out of the hospital, started shooting videos and people liked it. People started saying, hey, want to shoot this, shoot that. Then I got this one gig where I got to fly down to San Jose three years ago. And that's what really made the dream come alive where I was like, wow, I could actually make money off doing something that I love. So then from that point, I was just all in. And then since then, it's just been an upward trend um, you know, treating it as a business versus just a hobby. Wow, what a story. Yeah, uh, you, I don't know story. if you saw on the gallery view, but we're all, what? <laughs> My goodness. Well, I'm glad you recovered. And what's interesting is sometimes, this is going to sound really corny, but through adversity, we find a passion, right? We find another 100%. way. And some people say, oh, I meditate for 10 minutes a day. And you say, I'm just going to pick up a camera and start doing videos and show them to people and share them. And you found a calling. 
you found a passion. Wow, I'm glad you're okay, and and thank you for sharing the story. Hey, we're in the era, Miguel, of storytelling, and yeah. people people appreciate that because it makes us all feel connected and human. It's it's like, oh, I know somebody who had that, or I felt like that, or what can I do that's different and better from my life and to share? So thank you all. Oh, I'm so excited about this panel. Let's go to the part of the show where everybody has sent me a quote from a movie or a song or a TV character. And the quotes have absolutely nothing to do with the topic, sort of. And we're going to find out why they picked the quote and what they think it has to do. Kirsten Boyleau has sent us a quote from a movie from 1950. It was an American film noir. Noir is black, means dark. And the character is Norma Desmond, played by a very famous actress most of you probably never heard of named Gloria Swanson. She's speaking to Joe Gillis, played by another famous actor you probably never heard of, William Holden. And the movie is Sunset Boulevard. I'm going to read the whole scene, Kirsten, first what Joe Gillis said. And Joe Gillis says, you're Norma Desmond. You used to be in silent pictures. You used to be big. And here's the line. Norma Desmond says, I am big. It's the pictures that got small. Kirsten, I get goosebumps when I hear this quote. <laughs> How in the world did you find, you're, you're what, you're 22 years old. How did you find this? Don't go you. Just <laughs> accept it. How did you find that quote? Kirsten, talk to me. <laughs> I'm still laughing about the 22. <laughs> Um, you know, I was, I, I started getting a, a little small interest in um, historical movies, not historical movies, but black and white movies, like from a long time ago, and came across this one. And I was like, oh, that would be a perfect quote <laughs> for uh, the video um, yeah. uh, podcast. And so uh, when I took a look at it, I, I mean, I read through the entire scene, read through the summary, like a, a fairly lengthy summary of the movie. I hadn't actually, haven't actually seen it, but um, I, I looked at it and I thought, oh, that is so interesting. It talks, it's talking about the evolution of, of video, right? The evolution of movies. And, um, and not only, you know, we used to be all about long length videos. We used to be all about, you know, getting mm-hmm. a huge message across and a big story across in those long, highly produced videos. And now those videos are much, much shorter. So we're still big, but the pictures got small. So that's how I relate it. Thank you very much. Fascinating. Uh, go find the movie somewhere. See if you can find a copy of a streaming somewhere. I think you'll appreciate I never saw it, but I know it was it was iconic. Luis Simone has sent us a quote from the movie Serendipity, 2001 American romantic comedy film Sarah Thomas, S-A-R-A, played by Kate Beckinsale, is speaking to Jonathan Traeger, played by John Cusack. And what's interesting is Serendipity is the name of a dessert shop, coffee shop in Manhattan. And I've been there and there are several of them. And they're famous. Famous for, anybody know what they're famous for? Frozen hot chocolate. It comes in a cup this big. Yes. And and it's such a treat. I've gone out of my way to go to a serendipity. I haven't been there in years, but that's where the name of the movie comes from. During the Christmas season in New York City, Jonathan encounters Sarah at Bloomingdale's. We call it Bloomies. I know that because I've been there half my life. While they attempt to buy the same pair of black cashmere gloves while they're both in relationships, mutual attraction leads to sharing dessert at Serendipity 3. Here is the quote from Sarah to Jonathan. Cause it's such a nice sound for what it means, a fortunate accident. Except I don't really believe in accidents. I think fate's behind everything. Oh, Luik, this is interesting. Talk to me. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I romantic. Love, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, the reason why I picked this one is because I was desperately trying to find a quote about <laughs> serendipity because I love serendipity in social selling. You know, when we are on social networks and we find people by accident or opportunities or ideas by accident, this is one of the major uh, advantages of, of being on social networks when we want to sell. So I was desperately trying to find one coming from a song or coming from a movie. And I, I ran into this one and I said, yeah, that's it. That's the quote I need because serendipity does not happen really by accident. You need to be prepared prepare to accept it. You need to be ready to welcome serendipity, uh, fortunate events that come to, to you, the, the chance that comes to you. That's why I, I picked this one, Bonnie. I, I love it. Thank you very much. Those are words of wisdom. You have to be ready to accept it. Yes, we do. Even if it hits you smack in the face. What? Yes, we know. Thank you, Loic. Let's move to Sylvie's quote. Sylvie is quoting La Vie Boheme A, the lyrics from Rent, a 1996 musical on Broadway. I think I saw that or Avenue Q when I was in New York. I'm not sure which one. I know it was at a theater downstairs underneath the building, and it was really, really cool. I'm Avenue sure. Q has puppets, so that's how you would know if you saw either one. <laughs> then it was Avenue Q. Sorry. Okay. okay. No, it's all good. Thank you for the correction. The Rent, uh, stylized as all capitals, R-E-N-T, is a rock musical with music lyrics and books by Jonathan Larson, based on Giacomo Puccini's 1896 opera, La Boheme. Okay. Tells the story of a group of impoverished young artists struggling to survive and create a life in Lower Manhattan's East Village in the thriving days of Bohemian Alphabet City under the shadow of HIV AIDS. So here is the line. Here's the set of lines from the lyrics will be quoted. To days of inspiration, playing hooky, making something out of nothing, la vie bohème. The need to express, to communicate, la vie bohème. I didn't attempt to sing it because I don't know the music. So, Sylvie, what a beautiful quote. Talk to us. What does this have to do with our topic? So, uh, it, I'm a musical theater nerd uh, at heart. I have a history um, uh, in dance and musicals and whatnot. And so uh, when it came to trying to find a quote that related to video, um, I thought that this musical and this quote specifically really spoke to um, the time that we're in where uh, we're able to just express and communicate so easily just with our, you know, small uh, cell phone in our hands. Um, another part of the song uh, that's relates to this is they say the opposite of war isn't peace it's creation which is again very similar you know ties in well with everyone's ability to create their own content very easily and you know just like doing the tiktok dances in your uh your bedroom like charlie d'amelio and how she became famous you know it's a way to uh, express yourself it's a way to communicate uh and i think that is really at the heart of why uh video just does so well Thank you very much. I know you have a background in music and dance. I read that in your bio. Thank you very much. What landed you in a job like the one you're doing with Kirsten? How'd you go from music and dance to digital engagement? Sylvie? Uh, so I uh, was looking for international experience and uh, my boyfriend is German. And so I had a free place to stay and I had an internship at SAP uh, in Germany for a year and a half. And I, uh, you know, worked closely with Kirsten uh, through the SAP Digital Tribe community, which is a community of digital marketers looking to improve marketing overall at SAP and just generally speaking. And uh, when I saw she was hiring, it really seemed like a great fit. And that's how I uh, landed here. So I'm going to say it was serendipity. 
Yes, I would very much say so, yes. (laughs) The boyfriend moving to Germany, taking the internship, meeting Kirsten, job opening, and you were ready to accept it all. Thank you, Sylph. See how it all all links together. (laughs) It all absolutely. There you go, Miguel. And it's just, we we didn't rehearse all this to our listeners. This just (laughs) happened. So there we are, (laughs) which makes it wonderful. Miguel Bautista sent us a quote from Reese Bobby, played by Gary Cole. He's one of my favorite TV sitcom actors, actually, and movies also. To his son, Ricky Bobby, played, of course, by Will Ferrell in the movie Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, 2006 American sports comedy film. And Reese is the father who doesn't usually show up. He's been gone for years. He's been absent. And all of a sudden, he does show up. And I found the clip online. It's, it's quite interesting. So Gary Cole, Reese Bobby, says the following, if you ain't first or last. Terrible accent. Sorry about that. <laughs> Miguel, can you stay real close to your mic. Talk to us. How'd you find this one? I like the quote. Yeah, um, it's a quote that I came across <laughs> over 10 years ago, and it just stuck with me ever since. It's literally always in the back of my mind ringing. And um, I chose that quote because I think it's it applies to not just everything in life, but especially video. Um, because in video, I mean, if you look at all these different platforms, um, not necessarily if you're not first, you're last, but if you're not first, that's a pretty big deal because look at the Charlie D'Amelio's, look at the Logan Paul's or the PewDiePie's. They were on the platforms really early, on these video platforms really early. And um, because of that, they were able to pop off really early, um, just getting audiences, um, getting traction early on um, while there weren't too many people on the platform. So, you know, if you ain't first or last um, with anything, we all know those people who you know, we're watching them, we're seeing them do things, and we just know if they put a little bit more effort in, then they could definitely rise to the top. So it's the same with video. Like, you don't know what's going to pop off. You don't know what's going to go viral, um, especially, you know, short-form videos. The the videos that you don't necessarily think are going to be really good actually perform really well, surprisingly, whereas, you know, other videos that you put a lot more effort into just completely flop. So it's just, you know, putting your best foot forward every time. Um just not being afraid to get out there going for that first place, you know, if you ain't first or last. Miguel, thank you for that insight. And it's important because the day of the polished, finished corporate video, uh-huh. is it over? Is is the, the one that takes six months to put all the finishing touches on? We all know people love cat videos and they love, we, we all, listen, we all go on YouTube and look for ways to fix our refrigerator, freezer, or our ice cube maker. Is, videos are everywhere. We use them to enhance, to be able to be do things on our own, the D, DIY do-it-yourself mode, right? That mm-hmm. movement, we, we use them for fun. We, we like to watch, I watch movie clips from all of the movies you all sent me and the songs. I went and, and watched those. So, but short is interesting. Do you think, Miguel, that there's an attention deficit disorder globally. We're bombarded with so many messages all the time. We're on overload. I think something like 50,000 messages coming at us a day. Maybe it's 100,000 by now. Do you think the short form just gives us that, wow, I'll pay it six seconds. Great. I can go back to what I'm doing, but you appreciate it. What do you think, Miguel? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like even now, like my attention span is probably half a second before I go to the next video. So it, it has to be very straight to the point. And not only does it have, nowadays, at least I find it, especially a lot of people around me, not only does it have to be short, but it also has to be relatable. So some of these videos you see on TikTok, not the most polished video, not the best quality, and not much thought has gone into it, but it's very relatable. So it's very watchable versus something that, you know, if you're scrolling on TikTok or anywhere and you see that it's very well produced, you know that they're trying to sell you something. 
So you don't you won't want to watch the full thing. You want to watch something that's organic and raw. Thank you very much. You know what? We just I just accidentally went into the prediction I picked for Kirsten. So I'm not going to ask you to do prediction number two, and I'll read it for you, Kristen, but we're going to go to your prediction number one. Kristen says, video that tell videos that tell a story in a very concise way, less than six seconds, will be the winners in the next few months to a year. A year from now, 2022, we might see a whole new shift in the way video is leveraged and consumed. Maybe it will come down to three seconds. Kirsten, just talk to the three seconds for, for a second. Go ahead. <laughs> It took you longer to answer the question than, than the video. What do you think? Is it possible three seconds? You know, I think you could get across perhaps one strong point in that three seconds. And it, but it has to be extremely concise and extremely um, valuable and extremely um, in your face, I think, in that three seconds. There's no lead up. There's no outro. It's really just this is what I want you to know. And that's it. Um, you don't have time to talk. It has to, it's probably going to be, go, we're going to go back to silent pictures, uh, but Kyle, color maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. I'm going to go to your prediction one, but you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking if somebody said to you, I, and I have a show coming up next week, a week from today, and one of the guests sent me the quote from Dory, the blue royal blue tang, the regal blue tang voiced by Ellen DeGeneres in the movie Finding Nemo. And the quote is, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, 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 swimming. Three seconds, you'd have that and you'd say, wow, that's really cool. I wonder what that means to my life. So a clip, but you're right, it would be in color, the blue tang, just singing that three seconds in and out, bingo, and you're done. Interesting, because that means something. So I guess what this really hones down to is, you need to be concise when you speak. You need to make sure your words can be clipped in just a few seconds. Nobody wants to listen to a 15-minute diatribe. And I'm you have to speak my, in sound bites, right? That's it. And you know what? In my, in my instructions for my shows, don't I say you'll be speaking in two to three minutes sound bites? That's exactly what I put in to my guests because you're not presenting. We're, we're tired of slides. We're tired of lectures. Just talk about what you know. So anyway, Kristen, I'm going to give you the, the honor of doing your prediction number one, and we'll keep it to two to three minutes. You say, <laughs> using different type of videos. Everybody listen to this. She says, animated, drone, dramatic, comedic to engage your customers or different stages. And I'm going to broaden the word customers, Kirsten, to anybody in your audience, your target audience, if you're in a nonprofit, if you're trying to raise money, if you're on a GoFundMe, if you're trying to get people to be in your theater group. So customers, clients, the people you want to engage in different audience segments will become commonplace. So let's talk about the different types of videos rather than just putting your money and your effort into just one drone videos, animated videos. Talk to me about drone videos, Kirsten, if you have a background in that. Go ahead. Well, I don't have a background in actually creating drone videos, but um, I am following, <laughs> I talked about my daughters following their influencers. I've been following some travel vloggers um, that use a lot of drone footage to, there's one group, one couple, they are sailing the world. That's what they do. That's how they live. They live on a sailboat um, and they sail around the world, but they use drone footage to take videos of their, their boat in different locations and, and things that they're doing. And I just think it's such a unique perspective that we as human beings that don't, you know, we fly in airplanes, but it's really hard to look down really closely at what's going on down below. Um, that really uh, that bird's eye view is so unique to us um, that it's really, really fascinating to see. And it gives a completely unique per perspective and a way of, I think looking at the world in a little different way, it, it helps to get your point across, get that messaging across in, in a unique way. Um, 
that would be, you know, one of the things that you can use, one of the tools that you you can use to bring that, that you know, video down to that three seconds, but still get, use all of the tools available to you because video is not just um, visual. It's not just auditory. You, you have also the, the storytelling. So there's, there's all kinds of tools that you can use to get that point across, um, whether it's to inspire people, to um, sell something, to build awareness, to whatever it might be. Um, I think there's so many different tools that you have available to you and you have to use them all, especially if you're um, in that very shortened time period. Thank you very much. You got to put more time into the pre-production than the actual production link. Miguel is nodding. Anybody want to comment on what Kirsten just shared? Miguel, you want to say? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of drones, I actually just got my advanced drone license, pilot license here in Canada two months ago. So yeah, drones, I don't think people realize how easy it is to fly a drone. And also, if you get the right drone, which DJI, which is the, the main, it's a very large camera company, they create a lot of drones for creators. Um, They've come out with a recreational drone, which is it's 249 grams, which is under the 250 gram limit where you have to get your license. So they specifically made it for people to not get a license. So, you know, you're at your weekend um, mom and dad going to the park with their kid or going camping can fly a drone. And there's all these settings where it will automatically circle around you and do all these different um, flight paths. So all you have to do is literally press a button and it will even edit like a snippet of that video together and like edit snippets together. So it's crazy. The barrier to entry is so low. Um, you know, people don't understand how, how easy it actually is. So these tools, um, they're becoming easier and easier to use, even something like a drone. And, and fun. Can you imagine? Yeah. Some, what, what do you want for your holiday present? What do you want for Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or Christmas? Well, I want a drone. I want to get yeah. my drone license. Seriously. Yeah, that could be interesting. It wouldn't be a, under the tree. It would be over the tree. I'm mm -hmm. being... Okay. So, oh, your present is up there on the <laughs> roof. <laughs> Fascinating. Anybody else have any comments on, on drone? No? Okay. Miguel, we didn't know you were a drone expert. Yeah. Thank you very much. See? Good roundtable. <laughs> let's go to, let's see, Loic, I've got your prediction number one. This is interesting. And we're not going to do a soapbox, but this is interesting commentary. He says, climate activists will step up their game and demand that we stop wasting energy with meaningless videos and live streams uh oh maybe this will have some of us focusing our own energy on less but more useful videos interesting unpack this for me Louis. what are we talking about here i've said it all you know today we <laughs> see a lot of those uh, uh, climate activists uh, of people willing to save uh, the people we are on the planet and i'm a little bit like them because i find there are a lot a lot of meaningless videos of crappy videos online i am addicted to to tiktok like you you know miguel and i find uh, half of them are completely waste of of everything yeah so on the other hand, you find very, very interesting interviews, very, very interesting chats be between people and others. Some of them are very long, by the way, but do not need to use a lot of bandwidth or whatever. And some of them, by the way, can be only on, on audio also. We come back to audio with Clubhouse, for example, who's, which is a really interesting uh, expansion of what you did with the podcast and so on. So I believe some of us will be more responsible, hopefully, 
in the in the years to come instead of continuing to grow our use bandwidth usage with crappy videos that's that's my my prediction crappy that's that's i have it's to tell also you all. wishful thinking it's a little bit wishful thinking in a way i'm going to share i'm also participating to the problem because i do a lot of live streaming <laughs> you know <laughs> on multiple on multiple Guilty. platforms on multiple platforms twitch twitter facebook linkedin youtube you know <laughs> <laughs> Guilty in a, in a lower way. I just started streaming to LinkedIn for this show and Facebook, yeah. and my Monday night show is yeah. just Facebook. But I want to share something with all of you. I, I know an author, uh, a gentleman named Gregor Collins, and Gregor Collins, just an interesting uh, interesting guy. You can look him up, G-R-E-G-O-R Collins. He has a project called The Humans in My Phone, and he went and looked through his his cell phone, his smartphone, and, and saw who does he know, who's he met over the years. And he lives bi-coastal, the New York side and the California side. And he found most of the people are in one or the other place. So he will go, for example, Sylvie, if he had met you and you were in his phone, he might call you up or text you and say, hey, Sylvie, can you meet me in Union Square Park in Manhattan? And uh, I want to film 90 seconds or 30 minutes with you. I want to film 30 minutes and then I'm going to edit it down to a 90 second video about you. What do you love? What do you like? And he created a whole project called Humans in My Phone. You can go find him on the web. And he's been doing this for a couple of years. I've had some of his humans on one of my radio shows a few years ago. Some of them are teenagers. Some of them are any, any age range, different backgrounds. But it's fascinating that he, edit, he used to do 90 seconds and he got down to 60 seconds. A little compilation of the life of a person. Right, Loic? Very, very interesting. And he did it all with his phone editing filming everything miguel is this resonating with you oh yeah um i've i've filmed 45 minute interviews and had to cut them down to like two minutes so i, I know all about this cutting down and condensing content into the the most important aspects um and bite bite-sized clips Thank you. Bite size. Sylvie used the word snackable. Sylvie, speaking of you, I pick prediction number two to start you off. You say interactive, a.k.a. choose your story episodes will start to become more widespread. Two present day examples are Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and the 100th episode of BBC's Click. I don't know what that show is. I've heard of Kimmy Schmidt. Eventually, streaming services will curate the choice path based on user behavior. You have to totally explain this to me. It sounds interesting. Sylvie, go ahead. So um, the the example people will know most is probably the Kimmy Schmidt one. So uh, if Kimmy faces some sort of issue, then you get to click on a button how you want her to respond to the problem. And then either uh, she kind of will kind of hit a dead end and then they'll ask you to pick the other uh, choice or uh, it will progress the story more. Um, and so also right now, Netflix, they already kind of curate the uh, little box that they show you uh, based on your streaming behaviors that they think will make you want to watch those shows more so my prediction in relation to that is that uh, Netflix will you know collect the data or whatnot of consumer behaviors in those interactive type episodes and then start to make predictions about how they would want to watch that story going forward so that there is not that need to like click it or that kind of like one second pause especially people who like to have things on in the background or whatnot. Very interesting. Does anybody have any comments on that? Anybody? Miguel, do you know about this? Yeah. Um, in terms of like the 
the what do you call it interactive style video i, I think it's definitely going to go that road it's almost like that i don't know if anybody remembers that book series back in the day goosebumps but it's choose your path flip to this page if you want to go through that door yeah. um and yeah net same thing on netflix and youtube all the suggested videos um you know it's so powerful it makes the users stay on the platform a lot longer Absolutely. and it keeps them more engaged and enjoy their experience on the platform and uh i'm really glad they have that feature but um yeah i, I think it's going to get more and more you know interactive as as we go along you you know what louis go ahead please yeah the issue is that sometimes it may take you into a funnel you know and you you keep only <laughs> looking and watching things that you are that you are liking that you absolutely you are, yeah. I, I, no that that may be also very very frightening in, in the end you know that we put yourself in a certain funnel i agree that's a yeah. good point yeah yeah Kristen, go ahead i was just going to say that i i like the idea and i and i thought about it a while for a while now that you know it'd be great to be able to have that interactivity um with videos now i wasn't thinking netflix but i think that that um makes sense on it on it from net for the netflix platform i was thinking more along the lines of say you come across a video it's a commercial video on um facebook or linkedin and you have the opportunity to have that to to you know stop the video and make it go in a different direction i mean i don't know if that technology is even available <laughs> but um i think it would be really cool to be able to you know see if you made this choice with you know this particular situation this is what would happen if you made this choice this is what would happen um i think you know seeing those kinds of things it helps to uh, it certainly keeps people engaged with the video right having that opportunity to not only have the audio the emotional attachment and the the video like the the visual um engagement with the with the video but then to be able to actually interact and have an impact on how it ends up that is like the fourth dimension. I think there was a Broadway show years ago. I'm thinking Edwin Drood, the name, the mystery pops into my head. I couldn't mm -hmm. be wrong. Yep. Are you, yes, Sylvie. <laughs> Sylvie. Sylvie's our Broadway expert. Miguel is our drone expert. Loic is our social selling expert. And Kirsten knows everything. This is great. <laughs> this is what a radio show should be. People talking, right? Just talking. Uh, anyway, I think that the audience, Sylvia, am I right? The audience voted on what the outcome was going to be? Yes. Yep. I've never actually seen the show, but um, my uh, theater uh, program did it uh, before I was in high school. And I know obviously when it was on Broadway, they, during intermission, the audience votes for who committed the murder or whatnot. And then that's how the, they choose the ending of the show. The mystery of Edwin Drood. I am shocked that I even remembered the name and linked it to. I'm very impressed. I'm 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 almost falling off my chair here. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Kirsten's the only one who knows where I. Yeah, never mind. We'll leave that one alone. I also am thinking that back in the day, I was I'm considered an early woman, a woman in early tech, or an early woman in tech. I was the kickoff speaker for the Women in Big Data International Women's Day event on March 8th. They invited me because one of the founders had been on the show talking about women in tech, and I remember. I remember back in the day when I was coding, I was a COBOL programmer on a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 machine before Honeywell bought Xerox and turned into Honeyox, and then a PL1 and on IBM 4341. We're talking mainframes here. We're talking, uh, Louis, I still have my COBOL handbook, my silver book, and I have 
printouts of the green bar paper. Talk about trees dying, yes. Anyway, the point is that we used to do top-down programming where you would make choices, and the choices would be we had go-to branches. If the data contains a zero, go to here. If the data has this many alphanumeric characters, go to here. If the name is shorter than this, longer than that, if the birth date is before this, it reminds me of Y2K when everybody went nuts because computers couldn't, we thought we couldn't handle 2000. But my point is that this go-to, this idea of branching and choosing is really data-driven, isn't it? Whether Mm -hmm. the data is people in the lobby of a Broadway show on intermission voting for where to go, you put the data in, this is who they want to be the the culprit, right? And if you want to go to a go-to, the interactive videos we're talking about where you decide where you're going to take it, where you're going to go, that's you're putting the data in. So it really just gets back to the idea of coding branches and choices and options. That said, I have to relate it back to my background. On that note, I want to go to prediction number three from Miguel Bautista. And here's what he says. He says, as more and more businesses shift to digital advertising, especially due to COVID, it will become more common to see behind the scenes. Ooh, and look within businesses from the eyes of the owners documenting their journey from their perspective via stories and TikToks and Snapchats and other platforms. I'm going to stop reading because there's a lot here. Miguel, very interesting. Talk to us. Unpack it, please. Yeah, I I think with these very short form, you know, informal, casual videos, um, stories, things like that, and with these business owners with the power of a cell phone in their hand and just capturing the everyday tasks of what's happening within the company, it's so powerful and it bridges that gap between, you know, everything from the business owner to the customer. Um, And you see it a lot, especially with some YouTubers building businesses and documenting the entire journey. There's a lot of diehard fans who pretty much watch the videos to see the progression of that business. And let's say, for example, um, you know, this guy watch Christian Guzman, he has a clothing company um, he's built from his YouTube channel and every time they have a launch, um, you know, people want to order just so they could see him build this empire. So they feel like they're part of that journey. And, you know, every time people order, he shows like the the factory making the clothes and shows them packing it. And he picks out maybe one lucky package and is like, hey, Johnny from Missouri you know, here's your package right here. So people really feel part of that journey and it could go both ways too. It could be really good for a business or it can be really bad. As we've seen, you know, some videos can go viral. Um, let's say one employee of a, like a billion dollar company does something bad and all of a sudden the stock just goes, um, it just plummets because one person does one thing bad. So I think transparency is, is huge nowadays. And now that we're unveiling the curtain from all these, you know, small brands to large corporations, um, it, it just bridges that gap between customers and, and what's actually happening within businesses. Interesting. And do you think we could attribute the the video early in the COVID era last year, uh, there was a gentleman in his office and his toddler came in in a, a little go-kart and then the wife oh, was chasing the kid. If that isn't behind the scenes, Miguel, right? If that isn't real, authentic, unplanned, unscripted, unedited, raw, authentic, getting down to the real life of real people. If that uh-huh. wasn't it, I think that embody and how viral did that go within seconds, yeah. perhaps? Right. So uh, these are the things that we remember. 
And nobody planned that. And the guy was probably embarrassed as hell. And and there we are. And the wife is seen, you know, running around chasing the kid. Anyway, very, very interesting. Thank you. I We've covered a lot of the... Louis, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I think I will choose my pool contractor because I see him every day on TikTok just uh-huh. showing what Miguel is just saying here. And a lot of people right now are coming on TikTok just to share their everyday uh, entrepreneur life. And I think it's very, very powerful. Very powerful. And and let's take the opposite view. When Twitter started, th- there was a lot of feedback and blowback, if you will. And people were saying, oh, God, Bobby wrote, I woke up <clears throat> and I yawned and I stretched to the right and stretched to the left. And now I'm going to go get the mail out of the mailbox. People said, who gives a flying blank about Bobby's day? It's only for kids to talk about their egocentric little worlds and we don't care. And then all of a sudden, right, Kirsten, Twitter became a business tool. I don't use it anymore. I'm, on, I'm more on LinkedIn now for promotions. But it, we've seen the morphing of do we care about what people are doing? And maybe now we've come full circle. week. what do you think? I think it's also because it's related to their business that I like it. Yes. Not because the guy is telling me that he's, He's eating waffles because he's building <laughs> pools. He shows what he's doing. You know, it's a behind the scene, but in building pools, not in taking a, a breakfast or whatever. You know, that's Thank important you. for me. This has changed. This is not the same kind of uh, everyday life. Okay? So we're talking about that's content. So, that's so true. Kirsten, Louis. go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's so true, Loic. It's, um, it's not about the individual. It's about the process that they're going through to, yeah. to produce something, whatever that might be. Um, you're right. Watching those, the pools being cleaned. I mean, that, it's almost my girls talk about this being so satisfying to see, <laughs> to see the, the dirty pool and then they're it nine. gets cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, you know? <laughs> I have to go start watching pool cleaning videos. Luik, we have time for, I think, one more prediction. I've picked your number two because I think it's interesting. You say COVID disrupted the events industry and pushed most companies and individuals to replace in-person, in-the-flesh events with online happenings, with Vizio and live streaming. Here we are, live streaming, kids. Hybrid events will be a big thing in the near future. Talk to me. How hybrid? Hybrid of what plus what? Yeah, yeah. For example, I ran the social selling forum, which were hundred percent in the flesh before COVID. Then COVID came, and I ran forums hundred percent online on Zoom, for example, or whatever. And I, I believe we will not come back hundred percent to what was before. So even people like me who ran in the flesh event will have to and to provide hybrid type of event where you will mix the best of both worlds, which would be more difficult, by the way, for event organizers. Because those who did only one or the others, they will now have to cope with the two, uh, not problem challenges, for example, that come with this hybrid world. But I'm I'm fully, I'm 100% sure that, for example, here in France, next semester, I I will go back to in the flesh, but having still hybrid and online. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, thank you. Interesting point. Uh, Anybody want to comment on events online? Miguel, you're nodding. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I do a lot of work with this marketing company, and they specialize in the event space with companies all around the world, Mm -hmm. uh, all around the world. And um, once they figured out how to switch from in-person events to online events, or once everybody had to switch to online, um, they were way more effective. And all these companies were saying, like, we wish we did this sooner. Because now we're doubling or tripling or quadrupling the amount of people in these webinars or rooms 
than the amount of people who would have showed up because now the barrier to entry is so low. People can be watching from their living room. They don't have to get in their car and drive to this event, sit down, take time out of their day. Now it's just so much more convenient. So yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, online event space is, uh, it's going to continue to grow, especially with the power of live streaming. Yeah, but yeah. I think it will be hybrid still because, uh, absolutely, for example, yeah. Yeah. Most, many people, they want to meet, mm-hmm. for example, in regional cities or in, in specific uh, settings, environments. They love kissing each other or whatever or, or, or whatever. So, yeah, exactly. So that's why I think it will uh-huh. be hy- hybrid will be king in, in the two next years. That's my point. That goes back to choice, right? Choose your venue. You want to go, you want to fly, you want to drive, you want to walk, you want to take a bus, a taxi, a train, or do you want to sit in the question mark, the comfort of wherever your office, your home, your basement, your roof, whatever it is. We've got three minutes left. Sylvie, I just want to cover one quick prediction from you. Say GIFs or GIFs. I don't know how people are supposed to be. G-I-F-S. There we go. Will be used more instead of 15 to 30 second video advertisements due to their ability to communicate a feeling. Ah, feelings. There was a song, feelings, nothing more. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Sylvie knows the song from theater uh, in, in a few seconds. So should we all be looking for GIFs like, yes, 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 yes. I think I did that in half a second. <laughs> I mean, I obviously, I'm just a big fan of GIFs. Their, their ability to communicate a story within such a short time frame, a story, a feeling, an aesthetic, whatnot. Like, you know, anytime someone's posting on Microsoft Teams, it's more, it makes a post more engaging when there's a GIF, GIF, however you say it, um, because it, uh, puts you into the mind frame of what the poster is thinking or how they're trying to, um, you know, communicate that mood. So I definitely think, you know, as people's attention spans, you know, continue to become shorter, uh, that gifts are going to be, you know, a key aspect of advertisement. Universal ADHD. Sylvie, I'm going <laughs> to give you, before we go to the final prediction, Sylvie, one question. You had something about deep fakes. I don't want to get into politics, but can you add, add two sentences about deep fake videos? So, I mean, I have not experienced making any, but, I, you know, as that technology continues to become more accessible and whatnot, I think that it will definitely be something that both, you know, individual influencers, but also brands and companies on a whole will have to be on a watch for because it will be a way for competitors to try and sway uh, loyalty from one to the other. I definitely see McDonald's and Burger King in the future trying to, because they already have the Twitter, uh, you know, feud that they, which is funny, but I think that might be the next evolution for them. <laughs> I'm going to quote Dory. Just keep swimming, swimming, yes. <laughs> swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. There we go. We have one minute left. I want to thank my, pa- I can't tell you what a good time I've had speaking with the four of you. You're also a hundred percent all in engaged. Miguel, I hope this was good for you. We're so happy. You added so much expertise. Sylvie, welcome to the team. Welcome to, you, you have so much interesting background. Louis, you're just an amazing resource. And Kristen, we love you in every possible way. Thank you for being here. I know you're busy and I'm always honored, Kristen, when you take the time to come on the show because I know it's extra extra chunk out of your day. So I appreciate it. I want to say thank you to my engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller. I was telling him he started working with me two years ago, three years ago at the age of 26. He's now 62 because you know 200 <laughs> live shows a year. We just really put him through his paces. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, the voice of the opening. We appreciate that. And I want a message to my viewers and my listeners. Thank you for watching Technology Revolution, the future of now. If somebody tells you 
the future is already here. Miguel, I bet you hear that a lot. And Sylvie, the future is already here. I want you to wag your finger. Everybody put your finger up, wag your finger and say, no, no, no. Come on, Sylvie, finger up. That was <laughs> yesterday's future. That was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened and we're all going to try and make it a better one. Bonnie D. Graham signing goodbye. Everybody wave. Bye-bye, LinkedIn. Bye-bye, Facebook. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.